Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the mid-season classic sports business podcast, The Sportacast. The mid-season classic, is that what they call the All-Star I, Game? The mid-season I believe that's what they call the, the, the is baseball that, All-Star Game. Is it mid-season classic? Is that, is that, is that the terminology? Uh, I, I think that's right. Maybe I'm uh, way off on this, but I'm pretty no, sure. No, just nomenclature-wise. <laughs> like when you said it, I was like, wait, is that right? Mid-season classic? Okay. MLB All-Star Game, Scott. Coming up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in a few I, I days. Want, I want another one where they, they run out of pitchers and they're playing 27 innings. That's what I want. Give me that again. You want chaos. Yeah, you're a chaos agent there. <laughs> I, know, I totally am a chaos agent. That, that was lovely. I mean, for me... And wait, we, we went down, let's play along with the listeners right now. The most sold jerseys, mm-hmm. right? I would have been supremely confident, supremely confident. One of those arrogant, gotta be responses of, well, it has to be Shohei Otani. Like, how can he not be, to me, how can he not be the number one selling jersey in Major League in Baseball? Alas, we got the list. He is not the number one selling yeah. jersey. And this is from like MLB Shop, the Nike. So, okay. Uh, he's number two. So let us give, how many seconds should we give the listeners now to think <laughs> as we're doing this, they've begun. I wish we so could this, play the Jeopardy music. Ca- yeah, if yeah. we could play the Jeopardy music. <laughs> um, uh, everybody think. Who is the number one selling jersey in Major League Baseball? What was your guess, Evan? I asked you, and you were... Uh, my first guess was uh, the rookie in, in Cincinnati, De La Cruz. Right, but and I did he was popular this, over the weekend right stealing all the bases. Guess, I think. Yeah, because yeah, he, was, he was stealing all the bases. Which, by the way, that guy can certainly make his mark. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that dude being able to, to make his mark on baseball because... Speed does not slump, and I was watching him, and it was entertaining, and, and my focus group of one was watching him, and, oh, yeah, this guy's great, and uh, he seemed Very fun. real yeah. energetic and fun, absolutely. All right, so now I got the list up. Yep. So let's, let's name the others. We'll go down. Okay. So Shohei, two. Yep. Fernando Tatis, Jr., three. Aaron Judge, four. Jose Altuve, five. Uh, Mookie Betts, six. Julio Rodriguez, seven. I'm surprised that Betts is behind, or Rodriguez behind um, Altuve. Just yeah. about Matt Olson of the Braves, eight. Alex Bregman, nine. Mike Trout, ten. So as I go down the list, I'm trying to think. Adley Rushman at 18 surprises me a little bit. <laughs> okay. You know, Higher or lower, lower than you think? Lower than I would have thought. I mean, he's, he's one of the game's young stars. You know, Orioles are playing well. 
Um, all right, so number one on the list. Go ahead, reveal the name. It, I have it's no Ronald name. Acuna Jr., correct? Correct, Ronald yeah. Acuna Jr. of the Braves. Yeah, I think this, this I mean, I, I, I think Otani, if it was number one, also would not surprise me, but Acuna is going to be on that team for a long time. They're one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball. Um, I think if you're a Braves fan, you have you feel comfortable buying an Acuna jersey and knowing you can wear it for the next 10 years. I think that's maybe one of the variables with Otani, right? If you're a, if you're an Angels fan, if you're looking to buy an Otani jersey now, he, he might not be on the team in, in three months and, and certainly may not be on the team in, in, in eight months. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty there. And I do wonder how much of jersey buying uh, statistics you see weighs how long the, the person's been on the team. So... Astros fans have had such a long time to buy Altuve jerseys. And then also what, what the uncertainty looks like moving forward. Because again, Acuna, Julio Rodriguez, Fernando Tatis, all those other, some of the other names you, you tossed out there in the top 10, those are players that are probably going to be on those teams for a long time. And Otani is just a different animal in that regard. Okay, so if I'm an Angels fan and I'm thinking of buying in my favorite guys, an all-star pitcher, this guy's cracking <laughs> home runs, great. I can make the auditory uh, embodiment of what you're about to do. And this just happens to be next to me in the room, so I didn't plan this or anything. It was just happening. Ready? Who doesn't love these? That's your dream popping. That's it. There, 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 there. It's all going up in smoke. (laughs) You're trading Otani? You're trading him? It's such a a tough question. I'm... (sighs) Let, well, what's he worth? Let's give you that. What, what's Otani all, worth? Judge all, got four hundred and what? All of the money? I, mean, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know. I can't. Aaron even... Judge got what four seventy for what? Right about somewhere. Yeah. Like, so Otani is is significantly higher than that. I, I think is is probably fair. By every measure. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the uh, I thought this was such an interesting question, especially when it looked like the Angels were going to to to, to sell, and and now actually, who knows? Artie Moreno took the team off the market at least temporarily. I have no idea if that is a a one year or a ten year or a forever change. Um, but this is such a. It's clear that having at this point two of the best baseball players in the world has not really helped the Angels at all on the field from a, from a success standpoint. I'm sure it helps them from a business standpoint. Um, there's so many interesting levels of both business and also on-field success. And sometimes those things, as you know, Scott, sometimes those things are directly correlated and sometimes they're not. Uh, and I do think that, that, that the, the conversation around Otani definitely veers into the areas in which the team isn't maybe making the playoffs or isn't doing well, hasn't won a playoff series in a very long time. Um, but there, there's definitely advantages to having the most popular international player in the world, one of the most popular players here in the U.S., one of the most talented players baseball's ever seen uh, on, on your roster. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what the right answer is, but I'm fascinated to see what he gets financially because, again, we've, we've maybe never seen, or at least not in modern baseball, seen a player that is this impactful in this many ways hit the market. And realistically, how many clubs can pay him? Realistically, who who are we looking at here? An, another great question, and 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 locked into that conversation, the the struggles that the Padres and the Mets are having right now, two teams that mm-hmm. are were very public in, in spending a lot of money, uh, and and the way in which that's not correlating to success on the field right now. I think you're right. There's there's a very small number of teams that that have the ability. The Dodgers, certainly the Yankees, maybe the Red Sox, maybe the Mets, who knows, the Cubs. Giants. There's not a there's not a long list of teams that seem realistically uh, able to and willing to cut 
let's just call it a six hundred, seven hundred million dollar uh, contract sheet, whatever, whatever that ends up being. It's not, it's not a long list. Do you give Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, executive of the year in pro sports? And he wrote his op-ed for Sportico uh, earlier in the week. And I got to tell you, for a sport as steeped in tradition as baseball to have come with significant changes like pitch clock and the bigger bit, the whole, man, it's really worked out. Nobody even talks about it anymore, right? I, you always get to traditionalists that make a lot of noise early on, but you have to do something. Like people kept saying, kids aren't playing baseball. Kids aren't watching baseball. You have to do something. You can't just stand pat and expect a different result. And they made some significant changes. And by the way, I don't think we can we can say exactly what they are, but Theo Epstein, uh, who gives his ideas to the commissioner as an advisor, had some pretty radical ideas for changing the game of baseball. I wonder if owners will be more open to some of the more radical ideas, seeing how well what would have considered would have been considered radical pitch clock right off the bat, how well that has been received, the effect on the game, and the fact now that that nobody even talks about it anymore. It's a good question. And going back to Rob for a second, I'd add one more thing to, to the, the calculus of, 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 of the turnaround that, that he and Major League Baseball have had. If you go back two years, Major League Baseball was staring down a potential work stoppage that looked really ugly and and – in some ways, the economics of Major League Baseball are are broken. I don't think they fix those things necessarily, but they did reach a labor accord relatively easily. I know I'm glossing over some things here, but having facing that that, that big a challenge, uh, how far apart the league and the players seem to be, and how critical labor piece is, especially in baseball, as we've seen historically, uh, for for Rob to get over that hurdle and then also to make the changes that you're talking about. And and one other thing we should toss in there, the the World Baseball Classic, which a property that that I think has has struggled a little bit over the past decade. Speaking of Shohei Otani. Yeah. What a result. And, and the column that Rob wrote, the, the second paragraph is about the, the lead in this season got from the World Baseball Classic and the, and the literal storybook ending you got with with, with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout uh, facing off in the in, in, in the final inning. Um, the, the, the changes they've made, the ability to get past that 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 labor hiccup, um, the, the World Baseball Classic and the success they've had there, it has really been an impressive string of, of changes and, 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 and obstacles overcome by Rob and, and, and by the sport itself. So the NFL doesn't have to do anything. We know that, right? NFL doesn't have they're, they're, they're yep. in fine shape. We have the NBA, by all accounts, doing well, good international fan base, still coming with the in-season tournament to drive interest, to, uh, to get new fans, way, way to drum up interest sort of uh, in December before things go. So that's pretty radical change right there. Uh, is now the time for Gary Bettman to say, you know what, we don't need the fighting in hockey I mean, I don't know, but it it just seems as if we're getting some radical changes in pro sports at the major league level. Like, if, if you're going to do it, do it now. It seems as if the fans are very open and willing to try new things. It, it's definitely, it definitely looks that way. And we can talk about another one of these when we talk about Leo Messi in a second, Scott, because he's making his debut not in an MLS game, but in a Leagues Cup game, which is a new venture of MLS and, mm-hmm. and, and Liga MX. Um, but yeah, I think that to me, the, has there been one that has been a huge failure? Uh, some kind of big out on a limb 
sports innovation or, or change to the schedule that that was so bad and baseball the the fight over the expanded wild card right was was such a huge deal in that community Turned i think looking back yeah. what a, what a fantastic idea that was um i'm, I'm trying to think uh, and I wish I had more time, but I'm trying to think of of a, of a version of this that really went really poorly. Yeah, where's the where's the flop for, then for a league? Um, so in some ways, I think maybe the argument is just that 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 all changes could change in some ways. But sure, if I'm Adam Silver, if I'm if I'm uh, Gary Bettman, even if I'm Rob Manford now, I'm certainly thinking. Yeah, about what else what you else, got? What, what else should what we else look can, at? What else can we do? What more? What more should we think about? Uh, and one more thing, if, if before we move on from baseball, the the RSN challenge is is the next big crisis for in 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 Major League Baseball, and and for for Rob, I'm sure that's taking up more and more of his time. But it, 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 if we talk about the turnaround baseball is having, there there is also uh, a, a very big headwind facing them right now. In what do these TV contracts look like, and how affected are our mid-tier and lower-tier teams going to be when whatever the new reality sets out. Zero RSN headaches for the folks at Major League Soccer, Mm. as you had uh, alluded to. Um, Big-time deal with Apple, $250 million a year. Bring it all to one place. And we still haven't got any sort of concrete figures for how it's going. Mm -hmm. But I think it's safe to say the fact that that agreement was in place was a important, integral, what, what? how do we want to term it, part in bringing Leo Messi to MLS and that he will share in the upside of all those new subscribers. I'm not sure if that's a great thing for all the other teams, uh, you know, kind of diluting their, yeah. their revenue from the deal to have this one guy. What's the ROI of having Leo Messi? Certainly people are talking about him. Certainly people will watch Ellipse early on. Uh, what is the sustained effect of having Leo Messi in MLS? That's the question. And, and not just with Apple, not just being able to kind of cut him into that deal, but also the ability to capture the international buzz immediately. Fans in Argentina, fans in Spain, fans in China that want to watch Leo Messi play all have to do the same thing. They just have to sign up for the for the Apple. I actually don't know if, if Apple is up in China, so maybe I should take that back. But <laughs> in most places around the world, um, all you have to do is sign up for the Apple product. It's the same product no matter where you are in the world. Um, and, and that would be different under, under the traditional model. Under MLS's old contracts, you would but have to way, so sign a new welcome, deal. So welcome in the world of soccer. It's so bifurcated. You have, you might, Agreed. as a fan of, pick, pick whatever team, as a fan of Team X, you might need five, seven different platforms to watch Agreed. all of your club's games. And, 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 and it seems as though the messy thing is going to be official this week, and, and, and we got an idea of his, his debut. And I want to talk about that for a second. I just mentioned it, Scott. Messi, it seems like, if, if, unless anything changes, is going to make his, his MLS debut July 30th when Inter-Miami takes on Cruz Azul. Uh, that is not an MLS team. That is a Liga MX team. He's going to make his MLS debut in the League's Cup. This is the first year that MLS and Liga MX are setting time aside in their annual schedule to play this 
interleague tournament. It's going to involve all the teams in both the leagues culminating in, in, in a single champion. Um, this is a new venture for MLS trying to reach more of the Spanish speaking audience in the U S trying to reach some of the league MX audience and vice versa. And I don't think this is a coincidence, Scott, the inner Miami plays four days later at home. There are no coincidences. He, Leo Messi could easily have, have made his debut in an MLS match four days later. If everybody wanted it to be that way. Um, I, I think that, and my guess is this is the first year of this league's cup. What a better way to, to kick yeah, well, this thing off. Just think about it. You can get just your have MLS Leo audience or have him play against Liga MX and then capture the entire Mexican viewing audience as well. For sure. And by the way, for people who don't know how viewership in soccer works, in the U.S., the number one rated soccer uh, league is Liga MX. By leaps and bounds. By leaps, by, and, by bounds. leaps yeah. and bounds over EPL, MLS. Exactly. Yeah. For people don't who maybe aren't familiar with the fact that there is a lot of viewership for Liga MX soccer in the United States. Yeah. And I, again, I think that, yeah, the, 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 this League's Cup was a MLS and Liga MX have, have talked about a merger for years now. It, it seems unlikely that that would happen. So many details you would need to get through. Um, but the, the, they've certainly been, it seems very clear that they want to do more things together. And League's Cup is a, is a way to do that. Um, yeah, it just seems fascinating it, just to try to think about another sport. But if a major star came to the NBA, right, and, and, and made his debut, not in an NBA game, but in like an exhibition against a EuroLeague team, right? It's a, it's a bad analogy. But I do think it's very telling that given a, a wealth of opportunities or dates on the calendar for, for Leo to step onto the field with MLS for the first time, they, they seem to have chosen a, a, a League's Cup game and not an MLS game. Now, who'd you say they were playing? Who's the league? Which is it's the league? Cru- of Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. Yeah. So wouldn't it have been better if it was Chivas? Like, can we go back? Better. Can we go and yes. pivot now and have it be Chivas, right? Is that what we're looking for? That would have been the best The best. Probably example. would have been better, yes. I think <laughs> they're a little constrained by the calendar. But uh, th- this is, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it more when we have more details, Scott, but he will be paid, I believe, more on an annual basis than any athlete in American history. This is a Leo Messi coming to MLS is no matter how you slice it and no matter how you feel about it and how much money they're, they're paying him or how much they're giving him economically. Um, this is a major moment in U S sports. I just love the fact that he's playing for a guy in David Beckham, who, when he came over, cut a deal that he could get an expansion team for 25 million, yeah. which is far less than what have been on the going rate, but shows sort of the acceleration of what these big name global players and icons can do for MLS, uh, the NBA hoping that Victor Wenbanyama becomes one of those names down mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a huge bust in game one. That was it. He was never <laughs> going to be able to play in the NBA. It was over. What a terrible pick. Uh, 20, what, 7, 28 points in the second game. Uh, but I still don't think, uh, with, with all due apologies to Britney Spears and, you know, a sort of tap and the, and the 24-hour news cycle she got of somebody hit her and no, she hit herself, um, Yikes, oh my lord. Uh, I, I, I didn't have Britney Spears getting tangled with Victor Wenbanyama on my bingo card, yeah, but agreed, you know, I'm not surprised, but I am not surprised. It's all entertainment. I'm not surprised. But I will say, we'll get to Victor, but I still think the biggest star of NBA Summer League has nothing to do with the NBA. In fact, isn't even a human being. Ooh. Huh? Come on, Is give it to ma- me. Mascot that did something great. No, no, no. Come on. What else did we write about in Las Vegas? 
Uh, what else did we write about? Oh, the sphere, of course. Of Jimmy course. Dolan's yeah, yeah, yeah. sphere. There <laughs> you go. I mean, how brilliant to light the thing up like a basketball. That got so much play. 2.3 billion. Ho- and it was supposed to be, what was the initial? Go ahead. Do you, do you remember what this thing was supposed to cost? I don't initial? know. I know. All right. I'm going to fish less. through my phone here. It was really a bit fast. less than it was. So yeah, this has been is. talked about hold for on. years. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think here, here we go. Hold on. 2019. Preliminary estimate for construction of the sphere was 1.2 billion. It ballooned the pandemic with labor and material costs. February 2020, MSG Entertainment upped its initial projection to 1.66. A year later, third revision landed on 1.87. Then we go to May 10th of 2023, filing with the SEC. Dolan's company arrived at the current 2.3 billion dollar. Figure so sounds like SoFi Stadium, Scott. Yeah, almost double. Yeah, almost (laughs) double the cost. This one's not sinking though. Uh, At least so almost double the cost. But wow, what the buzz it got from this week and the NBA in town and you too will have the 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 residency at the start. Uh, I, I think it was the biggest star. I mean, when we talk about sports business. And again, there, there have been spinoffs. You have MSG Sports. That's Knicks Rangers MSG. You have MSG Entertainment, uh, different facets of the company. But you, uh, you know as well as I do, there's a reason why we are headed to Los Angeles for the Variety and Sportico Entertainment and Sports or Sports and Entertainment Summit. It's because it's all tied together. It's just like ESPN. The E comes first. It's entertainment. If you look at sports solely as athletic competition, you don't Get it. Look around. One of our guests at the summit is going to be Jerry Cardinal. Look around at the, at the different pieces that Jerry has put together. Entertainment, big brands, big stars, big names. How does one promote the other? What's the flywheel? How do you get that flywheel spinning? Uh, and that's what we're getting here. Perfect, perfect example of NBA Summer League. Young, young players, global star, facility opening, uh, rock, rock music with U2. That's what this is all about. The NFL gets so much credit, and rightfully so, business-wise, for creating big things out of non-regular season or playoff games. And, and even NFL preseason games do really well from a, from a rating standpoint on television. The NBA's done a really good job with Summer League, turning its, its preseason or whatever you want to call it into something that people genuinely want to watch. There was a lot of eyeballs here on Victor Wembanyama. It's the, 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 the WNBA all-star game also in Vegas in a week. Uh, there's a lot of youth high school basketball tournaments uh, coming up in, in Las Vegas in the next few days too. You mentioned the sphere opening timing wise, maybe not a full coincidence. I think the NBA has done a really good job of making summer league and all of the ancillary things around it. Exactly what you're saying, Scott, an, an entertainment property in its own right. And there's a chance that Major League Baseball will have a franchise in in, in Vegas pretty soon. There's a chance that NBA is going to be the last of the major leagues to be there. But I think that in some ways they, they've already been there to an extent just by building out Summer League into what it is right now. Hey, I went to the All-Star game there. Don't forget that. So I of remember they, they, yep. they've been One there. The now, first to do that how about too. a history yeah. lesson? I don't expect you to know this name, but how about a little history lesson from the old man who's been around and talked to these folks before NBA Summer League uh, was the big hit that it is now. Do you know the name Warren Legary? I do not know. Go go Google Warren Legary, and then you'll find out uh, how how this whole NBA Summer League occurred. That that that's the guy you want to look at uh, and see uh, what it was and what it's become. 
I go, will do go, that. Go check out Warren Legary. Uh, he 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 had a feeling that this could be a separate entity all to itself, and it, it could be something big. Um, let's move on to tennis balls, by the way. There's a great story from Brendan Coffey. The, the price and availability of tennis balls, they're harder to get, and they're costing a lot more, even if you're Wimbledon. It doesn't matter that you're in a, sort of a, a premier tournament in the world. Uh, it's, while they have them, there's no shortage. They're okay. They're there, but they're longer <laughs> to get, and they cost more money, uh, and there's a couple of reasons for it, and Coffee did a great story. Um, like it just, you don't think of these things. Everything is sports business. Every supply chain, this has oil prices. It's all tied to the tennis balls being used at Wimbledon. There are some great statistics in that story. My main takeaway from reading it is just how bad tennis balls are for the environment. Yes, terrible. As, as a whole, that you essentially can't recycle them because there's a mix of natural and synthetic 70, rubber that makes 72 it Seventy-two percent natural rubber, twenty-eight percent yeah. synthetic rubber. Synthetic rubber is made from oil, so where do we have so relatively easy to get, but not climate friendly. And and if you, anyone who's ever been to a, a, a major tennis match. Uh, you you notice it there, just how wasteful professional tennis is from a, from a tennis ball standpoint. They do new balls every three games, I think, Scott, or, or maybe every two service games. Um, the I think Brendan Story said Wimbledon uses fifty five thousand yep. yep. tennis balls. Yep. Uh, a lot of those are are in play for again for for five ten minutes of action, and then and then and then they can't be really recycled. Um, yeah, the 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 tennis ball. Ecosystem, not something I've honestly thought too much about, but in reading Brendan's story, there's a lot, a lot that kind of rushed towards me. But, but mostly just how wasteful uh, that 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 corner of this of, of this sport is. Yeah, but don't lie, you do love to crack a new can open oh, and take the smell, the smell and the sound. The, yeah, the, the sound cr- and the smell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, both those yeah, things. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to do here. How often do the balls change at Wimbledon? Um, the conclusion of the first seven games, and thereafter at the conclusion of every ninth game. Oh, so it's way it's way less less common. I think it, the U.S. Open. It feel maybe that's a grass thing. Maybe because like it's hard court. Yeah, maybe because it's hard court. It happens more because they announce new balls every time they're serving with new balls. And I thought it was every three every three service games. Did you see um, the great umpire announcement at Wimbledon the other day? No, and no, nothing. And, and if you knew, if you did not know which Grand Slam, you would have guessed Wimbledon <laughs> because a, the the umpire said, "Ladies and gentlemen." If you're going to open champagne, please do not do so as the players are serving. <laughs> the, the pop is uh, there was the, is the cork, the pop of the cork distracted somebody. <laughs> Greatest announcement of this year's woman. And they also, by the way, the players play a role in it too. You know, sometimes they'll get a ball, the throw, and they don't like the feel of it, so they get yeah. rid of it. That is yeah. taken out of play. They don't like that ball, so that that happens as well. Tell me about LA twenty twenty eight sponsorship sales. Uh, I know folks were a little bit worried that things were behind pace, but uh, you can tell me where they are now. A, a really good story written by our colleague Eric Jackson last week, just looking at the the landscape for 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 the next few Olympic cycles here in the U.S. So the a little bit of background needed to fully contextualize the story. But uh, since the LA Olympics and the Olympics in twenty twenty eight are here in the U.S. Uh, the IOC essentially wants all of the commercial properties in this country to be sold out of the same joint venture so that LA 28 is not competing against Team USA for 
for example, for sponsorships. So the eight-year run-up, which included the Beijing Games in 2022, the France Games next year in 2024, in Italy in 2026, and then LA in 2028, that whole eight-year run-up is now being sold from a domestic sponsorship standpoint by a joint venture that includes LA28, Team USA, and then Comcast NBC. That group set a $2.5 billion target for its domestic sponsorships, uh, and it's been fairly slow so far in announcing new deals, Scott. There, there were two announced in the past month, but right now I believe there are eight partners uh, for Team USA heading into France, at least as it currently stands. And if you were to back that up four years prior, there were 21 sponsors. So uh, I, I think, and in, in conversations I've had with folks in the Olympic movement, I wouldn't say that people are panicking yet, but I think there's a little bit of concern about how slowly uh, th- these packages are selling. And again, you're selling these as a, as a group of, of, of Olympics. So once the Paris Games is over, suddenly now you're only selling two Olympics as opposed to the, the four that you were trying to sell at the beginning of this eight-year cycle. Um, so a lot of time left, obviously, and LA28 is the crown jewel of, of all four of those Olympic events, not just for American companies, but I think for any company uh, worldwide. Number one but, market in the world, yep. Absolutely. But I do think that, that there's a, some people in the Olympic movement who are starting to ask questions about the, the pace of sales right now as we sit almost exactly 12 months out from the, from, the, from the summer games in Paris. Not the greatest time. People are trimming their marketing budgets. You know, a lot, yeah, a lot of time, folks are hearing that all, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, we were going to talk about Northwestern hazing and Patrick Fitzgerald. Why don't we let that percolate for another day or two? Okay. Let, let, let's see, uh, see what comes from there. And, and let's see how, uh, how ready you are to close the show this week because I know we've gone over it. So you've been thinking about it. You now have that line that often causes you a bit of a speed bump. I think you've now got it. I am predicting more pressure. I know you're going through it in your head right now. But Trying to I write am, it down real quick. Yeah, yeah. No, but I am predicting a smooth finish where I will not need to chime in or chuckle. Go for it. He is Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. I am Evan Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The Sportacast is produced by Keith Zanardi and Aaron Greenewald. Thank you to both of them. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.